morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. After two weeks off, hello. It's been a busy two weeks, too, and I let me tell you about it here. Oh, gosh. Um, it has been incredibly, incredibly busy. I hope that you had enjoyed the pre-recorded show that I did for you two weeks ago. That would have been the show that aired on April 30th. And the reason why I did that, of course, is I had no internet at all and was not able to to make it here. But I hope you enjoyed my talk about Greece. I'm kind of surprised I didn't get any email about the show. That was kind of odd. Uh, not even from James Bates, uh, one of my most loyal emailers, uh, didn't email me this past week. But that's okay. That's okay. Well, here we are. And uh, I am back, and I am rested up and because I've had essentially two weeks off. Though really not so much, um, not so much two weeks off because I've been so incredibly, incredibly busy over this last two weeks and there's just a bunch to tell you about. Um, I will say this is Tom Harris, uh, if, in case you hadn't already guessed that, uh, live from Chicago, Illinois. You can Skype the show. Uh, you can phone the show, 020-3287-1488 if you're in the UK. That is a local London number. Or you can Skype the show at United Kingdom Radio and, of course, Skype chat as well. You can type to me on Skype. And uh, I want to say hello to uh, Stephen Parker, who uh, is out there today. And uh, hello to other people who are out there. Yes, we have um, Bob, I don't know, out there. Hello. And... uh, (laughs) Uh, Bob, I don't know, is saying, what's the point of sending me mail if I had no internet? Well, that's that's a good point. Um, but uh, last week, I didn't have any internet. Incidentally, beautiful day here in Chicago. It is actually overcast and windy and cold. Um, and I still like it better than the really, really hot weather that we had on Thursday. Thursday was, I mean, it was sunny, but it was so hot and so humid. And I really prefer this colder weather that we're having right now. And I'd say it's probably in the upper 60s outside and it's overcast and a little bit breezy. I went out today, you know, it's been gorgeous for all the flowers because it really is, we have beautiful flowers everywhere now. And over the last week in particular, all of the trees now have leaves. So it's starting to actually look like springtime outside. I have a wonderful view now outside my front window. This is something that I didn't have at the old place. The old place, I had a choice of a very uninspiring courtyard, which didn't have much going on in there. It was just kind of a courtyard. Occasionally, I'd see pigeons and stuff there. And then my back view was an alleyway. I mean, it was not a very exciting alleyway either. But in the new apartment, now I'll tell you all about the new apartment in a sec, but uh, I only have one real view, and that's out the front window. But the front window is right on the street, so I'm actually much closer to the street. That has its disadvantages as well, because now if a big truck goes by, well, you might hear it on the show. And uh, this street used to have a fire station on it. It doesn't anymore, thankfully. So we shouldn't have fire engines coming down the street during the show. But that could happen, I suppose, if if they have to come down the street for some reason. But uh, this has been um, a revitalizing two weeks off. Now, I just have to say um, that this week and next week, I will have live shows as normal. But then the following two weeks 
I'm not going to be here again. And the reason why is, wait for it, it's the road trip. I've been talking about the road trip for some time. And uh, there, there, I do have a couple big pieces of news this week. The first of those big pieces of news is that I am now unemployed. And this is this happened very very suddenly. You know, we knew it was coming, didn't we, folks? You know, I've been telling you about. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know it's coming, but I don't know when. And last uh, two weeks ago, Friday, I decided to take the day off of work. I decided. Yeah, you know, I called in and said I can't make it in today. Took the day off work, and I, it, the reason why I did that is because it was becoming immediately obvious that that Pete and I weren't going to have the move done in time because I only had until the 30th to, to get all moved. And they shut off, you know, they shut off the, uh, the phone and such on the 27th. So I didn't, you know, I knew I wasn't going to have internet on the 30th and I had to be out of the apartment on the 30th and have it cleaned up. And so it became really obvious on that, you know, that, uh, week that we weren't going to be done in time unless I actually took a day off work and we were to move all the furniture and stuff. And the reason why is that we were so sore and we were moving so slow. I had so much junk to move. You wouldn't think, you know, you wouldn't think that a little tiny studio apartment, you can accumulate so much junk. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't gotten rid of that much stuff since I started unpacking. Now, I am now completely moved in. Not having internet, let me tell you folks, not having internet is so good for your productivity. <laughs> Seriously. In that week, uh, basically the two weeks I didn't have internet, I got completely moved, almost completely unpacked. I still have a few bits and pieces that I haven't unpacked. So 99% unpacked. And everything in this new apartment is squared away. Incidentally, the new apartment is fantastic, folks. I can't stress. I, I don't know why I didn't move years ago. It's such a nicer place than where I was living before. It's a bigger place. It's big enough for Pete when he decides to move in. And it is just, you know, I've got a nice view out the front window. I don't have very many neighbors, which is interesting because it's a big apartment building, a three-story apartment building. We have probably i want to say 10 apartments per floor and the first two i just say the front two apartments face the street those are the biggest apartments in the building those are the two the, you know there's six one bedroom apartments here and then there's a um, a garden apartment i guess that's in the front as well which is a one bedroom as, as well but it's kind of underground i can't live in one of those places because they're too damp and i think even in this building which seems to be nice and dry um I think that would still probably be too damp. But um, most of these apartments are empty, and a lot of them are undergoing renovation. They're still working on the building. But all of the front apartments now, I believe, are full. I don't, don't think there are any left that are not full. So that is kind of you know wh where I am. Now, I don't really talk to my neighbors at all. I've met the neighbor, the, the lady who lives next door. She has two dogs. She seems very nice. I, you know, I don't really, I've never really been one in Chicago to, to get to know my neighbors. And I, I'm guessing I really don't have that much in common with them. I mean, we do have, it's interesting. You know, if you're in the hallway, you hear every little thing that's going on in everybody's apartment. So if somebody is out in the hallway right now, they could probably hear me doing my show. But if you're in your apartment... You don't hear anything coming from out in the hallway. 
And I have a couple neighbors that are really, really noisy. <laughs> and, and you can hear them sometimes in the apartment. Um, and one of this one particular woman, she has her friends over and they just scream and, and holler. And it's just, yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not great. But as long as I'm, I'm in here, it doesn't really bother me. But you do hear everything out in the hallway. It's weird how this building was designed. But it, it is nice, though. And the new apartment is a, is a one-bedroom as opposed to a studio where I was living before. And it's, you know, obviously it's just been refurbished, so it's not, it hasn't had a chance to get kind of crapped up yet. So anyway, um, that, that's kind of where, where I am. Moving was, was hell. And I've been saying all along how much I hate moving. And I really do hate moving. But I still, and I still hate moving. <laughs> Nothing has changed my mind. I think next time I move, if I move again in the next five years, I, I'm just going to hire a mover. I don't care. You know, I know it, it's like $600 to move a one-bedroom apartment, but, you know, it, it's so much easier and so much faster just to have somebody else do it. And, you know, hopefully I can afford it at that point. Now, uh, I was, what I was saying about uh, being unemployed now, because I got off, I got off tangent. Fancy that. Imagine that. Me getting off on a tangent. Come on. That never happens. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, so anyway, what happened was uh, I took that Friday off to, to move. And Pete and I moved the bulk of everything on, on that Friday. That was the day that we did. You know, originally, I planned on doing some of it Thursday after work, some of it on Friday after work. And then kind of the the remainder of it on that Saturday and finally having it all done. And the reason why I kind of changed the schedule around a little bit was because my internet ran all the way up into the 30th. But I had to be out of the apartment on the 30th, so it wasn't feasible to do a show that day and have all of the stuff, you know, still in the apartment. I had to actually spend all day Saturday on the 30th cleaning the old place and cleaning the fridge, cleaning the stove, cleaning the bathroom, you know, just really scrubbing everything down to get my security deposit back because at this point I can't afford not to get the security deposit back. So I wanted to leave the, the apartment in the best condition I could possibly leave it in. I will say it looked really nice when I was done. Almost like I wanted to move in again. You know? <laughs> um, no, it, it really was, um, you know, considering I lived in that place for 10 years, it looked pretty darn good. I, I see that they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to resurface the floor, you know, re-wax the floor, you know, and that's the only thing that I'm seeing in there that they really have to worry about. And probably, you know, they're going to have to replace the old stove, which was ancient. I have a nice new stove now. It's, it's fantastic. I don't have to light the thing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so that was the, the moving out experience. Now, of course that left me with, you know, two weeks before they actually hooked up the internet again and I had to change providers. I ex kind of explained that already. So this is the new provider and I'm actually already getting faster speeds on this internet than I was getting on the old internet for $20 less a month. So it actually so far is a much, much better deal and when Pete comes over, he can actually access the Internet as well because I have a wireless router. And it's a password-protected one, so you know, no, people can't steal my Internet. But, so that's kind of what you know, it is. But 
during that time, during the time when the internet was out, I got a lot of stuff done. And most notably, I got caught up on some of my voice files to Scott, Scott Mitchell, who has called the show before. Um, and I also got the first episode of Radio Free Asgard done. I got a lot of genealogy work done. Now, I didn't have podcasts to listen to. So over the, the last week that I've had internet, well, they came on Monday and hooked up the internet. And today's Saturday. So I haven't had it all week, folks. Um, they, I've been catching up on everybody's podcasts. Did you know that Lil is doing a podcast now here on United Kingdom Radio? Fantastic. It's, she's done two so far, and it's really, really good. Really, really good. I'm really, really glad to hear that, that uh, you know, somebody finally talked Lil into actually giving it a go. And they're not long shows, so check them out. Um, but I have been catching up on everybody's show this, this, uh, this past week. There's still some podcasts that I'm behind on, but, but for the most part, um, for the most part, things are uh, you know, getting caught up kind of slowly but surely. But what I was doing was I was spending a lot of time um, you know, unpacking, cleaning up, you know, just kind of getting things organized here. And I have to admit, it looks nice. This, this new place is a lot nicer. And you never realize how much junk you have until you move to a new place. And you know, I'm going through, uh, still going through boxes and things and pulling stuff out and uh, throwing stuff away. But you know, I threw away a big, huge box of, of junk after moving in here. Stuff that, you know, you wonder, why did I ever keep this for 10? You know, I, I moved it to the new place. Uh, you know, from the old place, you know, which I'd moved into right after I graduated from college. And so I had boxes of stuff from my dorm room, you know, never opened since. They were just sitting here, you know, in my old apartment in a box. They never got looked at, never got opened until I moved. And then I opened it. It's like, why did I keep these folders? Why did I keep this homework? You know, why would I keep this for 10 years? It doesn't make any sense. And so I am kind of in the process of getting rid of a lot of books and stuff. Uh, I have a big heap of boxes in the corner of books that's just books, most of which are going to go to the secondhand bookstore and some of which I'll probably keep. But I have to kind of go through them and decide, okay, definitely getting rid of this, definitely getting rid of this, definitely getting rid of this and so forth. So that's kind of the tasks that I still have to do. And when I didn't have Internet, I was getting a lot of that stuff done. <laughs> Forget that now. I've got Internet now. I can go back online. I can you know, listen to everyone's podcasts again. And I'm still trying to set aside time, at least a little bit of time every day, to work on the genealogy stuff because I am way behind on that. As I've got you know, a decade's worth of data that I've collected that haven't organized. And so that has been going on and finding mistakes in my, my old work that I did back in the eighties, you know, it's, it's all kind of coming together, but it, and I have to say, you know, I'm finding it hard to put this into words, which I often have problems with moving to a new apartment. Now I'm only like three blocks away from the old place. It's not like I've drastically changed my location. I'm like a half mile from where I used to live. But it seems like I'm living in an entirely different world. It feels like a new chapter. And it is a new chapter, really. Because here I am, I've just moved to a new place. You know, I just lost my job, so I have to look for work. I have, you know, it's like, 
my surroundings are completely different. It's amazing what just a simple move, how that makes you feel. It's like a new chapter is beginning. Now, the the new neighborhood, now, I have to say, even though it's not very far, it's a very different feel to the neighborhood. The old neighborhood was closer to the lake, which I kind of liked. I kind of wish I was closer to the lake. But it it was a different gang turf, so you had a different kind of of low life (laughs) roaming the street. That was the you know gangster gangster disciples territory down there, down down by the lake. That's all gangster disciples territory. Up here, it's the Latin Kings, and they are largely invisible. You really don't see them hanging out on the street the way you see the the guys down in the other neighborhood, and. So this is a whole different turf. People generally in this neighborhood seem to be friendlier. Interestingly enough, uh, I've had more people say hello to me sort of randomly on the street this you know, in the last two weeks than I ever had at the old place. Now, the advantages of, the, of this new location, there are several, actually. And it took me a while to actually realize this, is that... Down at my old place, I was very, very close to the L station, Morse Street L station. This is where I would get on, the, you know, getting on and off the train. Well, now I find myself, I'm actually equidistant from three different L stations. Morse, which is the old one, Jarvis, which is the next one along the line, and Howard, which is the end of the red line. So actually, if I have to go downtown now, it's much faster for me to walk to Howard Station and take the Purple Line downtown. So it is, uh, oh, and, and on top of that, on the other side of the main, I'm right near a main street called Clark. Clark is a north-south artery uh, here in the north side of Chicago. And right on the other side of Clark is the metro station. So this would, this would be the equivalent of, uh, I've, got a, I've got three tube stations near me, and then one of the light rail stations just across the street. So I'm actually in a much better situation. If I, get, if I end up getting a new job that's downtown, down in the loop, it's going to be much faster for me to take the metro. So instead of taking an hour for me to get downtown, it'll take me 20, 25 minutes. So that is actually, you know, that is actually leaving me in a better situation as far as transportation goes than I was in before. So, and, and the, now, there are disadvantages to being in this location as well. There's no good grocery stores right near me. At uh, the other place, I had a local market that is quite good. And I can still walk there. It's not that far. It's half a mile away. But the, um, I don't have a good grocery store right in the immediate area. I have a couple of uh, very kind of low-grade convenience stores nearby. And one grocery store that's really awful. Um, it's a local, the, all they do is, is it's a, it's a, um, a fruteria, carniceria, you know, it's a sort of like a bodega, all Hispanic products sort of grocery store. And I went in there the other day and I just, just to look around to see what, what sorts of things they had and their, their produce was terrible. Um, and their, you know, the, the other products they have, they didn't really have stuff that I wanted. So I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I went there actually to, to grocery shop and I didn't find anything, which is really kind of sad. But I am actually close to now to Clark. Now, Clark is a, you know, that part of the neighborhood, there's a lot of businesses along Clark. 
Um, yeah, there's a couple. There's a lot of restaurants, a lot of uh, sort of little Hispanic restaurants. So you have a, there's actually a place that we make fun of it all the time. It's called uh, Rockies Futbaleras y Tortas. Not tortoise, like a, like a tortoise, but tortas as in sandwich, you know, Mexican sandwich. So if I wanted to go watch the Mexican football matches and have a sandwich, I have a place where I can go. Uh, there's a diner up there, A&T, which is a place that, that Pete and I eat uh, every so often. You know, we've, we've been going there for years. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff up there as well, most of which is kind of low-budget, low independent operations they like tacos and sandwiches and uh, there's a chinese place up there which i'm kind of afraid to go to um yeah so that's the kind of neighborhood i'm in it is a relatively low rent area still just like the old neighborhood was but it is fairly diverse and i'm seeing that you know in this part of the neighborhood like in the old part of the neighborhood we still have quite a few um oh, quite a lot of diversity if you know what I mean. Now, this area is less African-American and more Hispanic. Uh, but we do have a very healthy mix of, you know, sort of, you know, we have the you know, African-Americans and Hispanics and Asians, especially Southern Asian people. We're starting to get a lot of Indian and Pakistani people moving into this neighborhood, which, which I see as a good thing. Um, because I love to have, and I've talked about this on the show before, I like having that diverse neighborhood and having that sort of um, cosmopolitan feel. And you have a lot of people from a lot of different countries speaking a lot of different languages. That's the sort of vibrant neighborhood that I really, really like. And it's the kind of neighborhood I grew up in. So, so I do feel actually more at home here than I did back in, in the old place. And it's amazing how quickly I've gotten used to it. So uh, that's sort of my neighborhood. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm just kind of checking Skype messages here. <laughs> um, oh, the other thing, the other thing that this neighborhood has um, is, is it's lousy with churches. There, there's like churches everywhere in this neighborhood and we've got everything we've got um, just down the street from me. On, on Estes, I live now on on West Estes. The the um, which which actually is it's kind of a porn star name, West Testes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this place is lousy with churches. You've got just down the street. There's an Anglican church, Anglican slash Episcopal church. Right, kind of kitty corner from them is the Moonies. Two blocks away, there's a big, huge Catholic church. And then almost right across the street from that big Catholic church are the Hare Krishnas. On the opposite side of me, a block away, we have the giant Assyrian church. It's this huge building. I want to go inside one day and see what it's like inside. Um, so basically, just about any kind of cult or church you can imagine, I have just within a few blocks of my house. We have the United Church of Christ. That's not too far. That's the liberal, sort of liberal Protestant denomination that is against war and racism and stuff like that. They're not too far from here. So if you, if I were a theist, I'd have like a smorgasbord of stuff to, to go there. But it is kind of, kind of um, funny. Um, Bob, I don't know, saying it's great living in the cheap seats. You get to meet so many people from different cultures. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And, you know, and I do find, you know, like I said, people are genuinely friendlier where I am in this particular neighborhood 
and that has been uh, kind of interesting to see. You know, it, it's not. It, it's funny how you can move just a half mile and have it feel like such a different atmosphere. You know, the people who live in my building seem to be friendly. The people who live in the neighborhood seem to be friendly. And it's funny, you know, moving in, when I was moving into the building, didn't see very many people. You know, kind of was able to, to come and go and not really encounter anybody. My, my next-door neighbor you know, was kind of hiding, I think, uh, while we were moving because she, I think she was afraid. But, I, you know, she has two dogs over there, and I, I hardly ever hear them, which is good because, I, you know, I was really worried because I knew she had two dogs over there. Um, and I only hear them when they are getting ready to go walking. And they get excited and they, they jump around and bark. James Bates is here. Hello, James. James is saying, hi, Tom. I'm listening live today. Great. Glad the move went okay. If it's a really friendly place, then you're in to make the most of it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. I know things are going to be, there are going to be swings and roundabouts to any area. But as long as you're happy in the new place, then that's the main thing. As for the internet, glad you got a good deal with it. Yeah, it's a great deal. And it seems to be working fine. Do you suffer the same problem over here? New customers get the better deal. And it's certainly nice to meet some new people. Um, actually, the the I'm not getting a special deal on the on on the internet. They had so there there actually is something that they they th- they're throwing in. Um, I forget what it is. <laughs> I'm just completely I, I've forgotten because it, you know it, it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago that I st- set up the internet. Oh, the internet installation that was a disaster, and, and the same with the phone. And I, I could probably go on another 20 minutes about that, but that's not all that exciting. But let it su- let's suffice to say that when you're calling companies and trying to have things installed, you're dealing sometimes with the most clueless people in the world. And you tell them, now the way it works in this building is that anytime you install something, you have to call the landlord's office. You have to get you know, let in to the utility. They have like a, a computer slash phone room. And that's also like where the, where the electric meters are and that sort of thing. So they have to be let into that room by somebody who works for the landlord. And there's actually have somebody who lives in the building who works for the landlord. And she, she lives, in fact, I think she lives right above me or she lives on the third floor. I think either right above me or in the next door apartment above me. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And uh, the, these clueless people, you know, they don't call the landlord. You know, they just show up at your door expecting to be able to be let into the this, uh, you know, the, this uh, utility room or whatever it is where they keep all this stuff. And I'm like, don't you pay any attention to your work order? You know, you have to call. And so my phone was supposed to be hooked up here on the 27th. And it took them until I think it was the 1st to get the phone hooked up in here. Crazy. It's, it's absolutely insane. You know, you think that they would pay pay attention, but no. Um, uh, just so you know, uh, it is almost the bottom of the hour here. Sean Riches, uh, who normally would be following me at five, will not be on today. Uh, he is doing a wedding today, and uh, they, they have a disco, I guess. And so, anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Sean is saying, I think this place should get an internet package like your bargain one. I don't know that it is a bargain. I don't think I got any kind of uh, special deal on the monthly rate. I think the monthly rate is exactly the same as what everyone else pays. But it is cheaper than what I was getting. I was getting, um, with RCN, I had a, a... uh, and I didn't. Sean is asking me if I haggled. No, I didn't haggle. Um, but uh, the uh, they have the set plans. They they have kind of the set plans for what you know. I've I've had bad luck with internet in the past, and I think I've talked about that on my my po- my podcast and also on my show. Um, now I was paying for. I think I was paying for twelve. You know, twelve mega, whatever. Uh, from the old people, and I was usually getting speeds that were about half that. But I'm getting exactly what I pay for with this new company. When the new company, I don't mind saying it's AT and T. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to shill for AT and T here, even though I have both my phone and my internet with them now. Um, but the the service people just are clueless. They don't, <laughs> they don't listen. That's a problem they get with a lot of people. They they just don't listen. So anyway, uh, this is the bottom of the hour. So I'm going to go ahead and take a very quick little break. And then I'll be right back with Today in History. So we'll be right back. Hello, Chris Reardon here. I hope you enjoy our shows here at United Kingdom Radio. A bit of fundraising now for the station. If you fancy a bit of music in your life, then why not try one of my weekly non-stop music mixes? All music, no talking. You can get a new one each week and download them from www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. For just 80 pence UK, that's about $1.30 US, they are over 75 minutes long and contain some of the brand new club tunes around at the moment in the UK. Download them now from www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. My weekly mixes, just 80 pence, www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. And we're back. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Harris. Welcome to Tom Harris Live. If you want to Skype in, the Skype address is United Kingdom Radio. I'm going to be talking about Osama bin Laden in just a minute. But for the moment, we're going to be doing Today in History. All right. Kind of miss doing this. May 14th in history. In 1607, the first permanent English settlement in the New World was established in Jamestown, Virginia. In 1787, delegates gathered in Philadelphia to draw up the U.S. Constitution. In 1796, the first smallpox inoculation was administered by Sir Edward Jenner. In 1804, the Lewis and Clark expedition set out from St. Louis, actually from St. Charles, Make a distinction there. St. Charles is not St. Louis. St. Charles is next to St. Louis. Uh, uh, Lewis and Clark set out from St. Charles for the Pacific Coast. Happy Independence Day to Paraguay, who uh, gained their independence from Spain today in 1811. In 1878, Vaseline is first sold uh, as a registered trademark for petroleum jelly. I'm sure Mikey Holt will be very glad to hear that. In 1948, uh, Israel declared its independence from British administration and was actually granted recognition by the United States uh, on the same day. In 1949, 
Harry Truman, President uh, Harry Truman, signed a bill establishing a rocket test range at Cape Canaveral, Florida. This, of course, later uh, became Canaveral Air Station uh, and subsequently Canaveral Space Center, which became Kennedy Space Center. Um, In 1967, the pirate radio station 270 over in England was shut down. In 1968, the Beatles announced the formation of the Apple Corps. In 1968, also, the Czech government announced the liberalizing reforms of Alexander Dubček. This was uh, set off a crisis in uh, in the Czech in well in Czechoslovakia called the Prague Spring. Uh, ended up with a crackdown by the uh, Soviets. In 1973, the first manned space station in orbit, Skylab, was launched. Uh, by the United States. In 1991, Robert Gates became the head of the CIA. And also in 1991, the world's largest burrito was created. It weighed 1,126 pounds. That is a big-ass burrito. In 1995, the Dalai Lama proclaimed six-year-old Gaidhun Choki Nima to be the 11th reincarnation of the Panchen Lama, Tibet's second most senior spiritual leader. And in 1998, the final episode of Seinfeld aired on NBC television. Commercials cost $2 million for 30 seconds. That is incredible. Famous birthdays on May 14th include Charles IV, King of Bohemia, uh, born in 1316. He was the Holy Roman Emperor also from 1355 to 1378. In 1710, Adolf Frederick, King of Sweden, uh, who was king from 1751 to 1770. In 1727, Thomas Gainsborough, the English painter, uh, was bap- he was baptized today in 1727. I guess they don't know what day he was actually born. In 1885, in Breslau, Germany, Otto Klemperer was born. He was a very famous orchestral conductor. He was also the father of Werner Klemperer, who was an American actor who played Colonel Klink on the TV show Hogan's Heroes. In 1926, Eric, Eric Morkame, the British comedian, was born. Morkame and Wise. In 1936, Bobby Darren was born in the Bronx. Uh, um, he was born Walden Waldo Casoto. <laughs> Bobby Darin, best known for singing Mac the Knife. Um, 1943, Jack Bruce, the bassist of Cream, was born in Lanarkshire, Scotland. A lot of, a lot of famous people today. 1944, George Lucas, uh, film director uh, of Star Wars, of course. Um, 1946, Robert Jarvik, the inventor of the Jarvik 7 artificial heart, was born. Robert Zemeckis, film director of... Uh, did Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, was born today, 1948. 1952, Talking Heads frontman David Byrne was born in Dumbarton, Scotland. Uh, 1956, another rock and roll birthday here, Steve Hogarth of Merillion was born in Kendall, England. We have two X-Files birthdays today, so I'm going to skip over uh, the first one. 1961, Tim Roth, the actor, was born in London, England. And both David Duchovny and Julian Anderson... Of the X-Files were born today, David Duchovny born in 1960, and Jolene Anderson in 1968. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) And that is Today in History. All right, so uh, 
Uh, they have a c- couple of Skype messages coming in. Patrick is saying that I don't appear online. Um, but, uh, yeah, hello, Patrick. Uh, hopefully you're listening out there today. And I am on uh, – sorry about that. Um, yeah, okay. And uh, so, yeah, so hello, so hello to Patrick out there listening. So, uh, oh, so the, the, a couple of weeks ago, I gave you my big announcement. A uh, big announcement of the new show, Radio Free Asgard. Well, I'm very, very pleased to say the first episode of Radio Free Asgard will be airing on Thursday. And uh, we're going to try to do every Thursday. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do every Thursday. First uh, show's already in the can, ready to go. I'm going to be putting out a couple of other shows here uh, over the next week because I've got lots going on now i as i kind of alluded to earlier in the show um this week and next week i'll have my live show as normal but then i'm going to have another two weeks off and i do apologize for that maybe i'll have some content for those shows um you know to upload maybe i won't i'm not really sure the reason why is because that my my uh, long-awaited road trip is coming and the way that that's going to work and originally i was hoping to be able to start the road trip right after moving into this apartment. So like right at the beginning of the month and then be back by the 20th. But that didn't happen, obviously. Had two other, too many other things like, like the internet and the phone and all that stuff to take care of. So I wasn't able to do that. However, the road trip now is, is firmly scheduled. So that is going to be starting on the 23rd. So going to be doing the show on the, is it, yeah, the 20 first saturday the i think yeah the 21st is is saturday um and then monday morning the 23rd i'm going to be leaving on this road trip and the way the kind of the the plan is looking at this point is that um uh, the first day i'm going to kind of meander my way through illinois um on the 24th i'm going to arrive in the tulsa area going to try to connect up with uh, stacy white hopefully record some audio i'd love to get um some audio with stacy because because i miss stacy you know we haven't heard from him for a while now and you know i believe he's planning on coming back but you know you know who knows i don't know i did uh, everything is in disarray at the moment folks i think you've probably all noticed that <laughs> um so anyway, I hope to uh, be able to uh, chat with um, Stacy White. Hopefully, get some audio down and uh, get get something to upload, and that that would be really really cool if we could throw together a show and and have uh, a show for for you guys uh, for next week or not next week, but the week after I leave. Um, and then I'm going to be going from there to my mother's place in Arkansas. Going to be there for a day or so, and then kind of meander my way through the South to florida and while i'm in florida i'm going to be very very busy i'm going to have um I, i'm going to try to spend a couple of days with my dad because i haven't seen my dad for a few years uh spend a, a couple of days with my sister and her husband and see my nieces and my grandniece and uh possibly uh visit with uh, my brother in tampa i don't really, really don't know i haven't talked to my brother yet um but i do have other people who i want to stop and visit uh over in the tampa area so that'll be um probably a little side trip from orlando and then uh, on my way home, I have a stop to make in Atlanta. Going to be in Atlanta for probably just a few hours uh, to visit my friend Petey and, uh, and deliver, make a delivery to him of some artwork that he bought. And then uh, probably go through southern Ohio 
on my way back to Chicago. So it's going to be a very, very full two weeks, and it's going to be starting on Monday the 23rd. So that's kind of what, what uh, is going on with the trip. So what else has been going on uh, in the last uh, two weeks? Well, obviously nothing of any importance has been going on other than they, ca- they finally killed Osama bin Laden. And I'm one of those people, I have very mixed feelings about that whole, whole situation. And I know Suko kind of talked about this on her show as well. But, you know, I, I feel bad feeling good that somebody has been killed. And I, I, I always I kind of complicated feelings about this because obviously Osama bin Laden's a bad guy. He was a bad guy. He was doing bad things. He was doing bad things all the way up until the time when the, the commandos went in and killed him. And so I, I, I'm not celebrating the death of Osama bin Laden, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad he's gone. Even though, even though the importance of Osama bin Laden has probably been overstated somewhat. His value is more as a figurehead. And you know, even if he was even if he was involved in day-to-day operations of al-Qaeda, he is a very strong symbol. Symbols are important. And when you take down a symbol, that creates a demoralizing effect. Does this mean the end of al-Qaeda? No, probably not. But it may be the end of al-Qaeda as we know it. And that is probably a good thing. And I suspect that what might happen, anytime you get sort of a cult-like organization, and cult-like organizations, they spring up all the time. You have these personality cults of, you know, like um, Kim Jong-il or whatever. You know, you, you just say he's a political figure, but he's also a cult figure. Lenin would be a good example. You know, you could, anytime you get this sort of cult of personality, when that person dies, it really does lead to the end of that cult of personality. You know, does anybody remember, you know, Kim Jong-il's father? I think his name was Kim Il-sung. You know, he was the biggest name around. You know, I mean, in Northern Korea, obviously. <laughs> not, not the biggest name around here. Um, in fact, people around here probably don't even know who that was now. And that's kind of my point. You know, when, when the figurehead dies, the focus shifts to other people. And the message of that person is going to be diminished in its power. And I'm not going to get into the, you know, the, the, the nitty-gritty about exactly how involved bin Laden was in, in plotting attacks in doing this and doing that. I'm not going to get into that because because I think that it's still coming out. I think that you know the, they're going over all the stuff that they captured when when they they stormed the compound and took out the people who were inside. But it's clear that he was not just sitting idle and doing nothing. And taking out Osama bin Laden is a is a strong victory. Now it's sort of a Pyrrhic victory as well, because in a lot of ways, Osama bin Laden accomplished exactly what he set out to do. 
he wanted to to destroy the American way of life. He wanted to cause people to be afraid. He wanted, you know, this was the goal of Al-Qaeda. It wasn't so much to take over America and, and you know, impose Sharia law and all that stuff. There's a lot of people out there who are afraid of that. But that's not the point of Al-Qaeda at all. Never has been. And all you need to do is listen to what they were saying. Um, but he did succeed in changing our society in a way because you can you can't imagine i mean before, yeah we don't we now have warrantless wiretapping we now have people being being patted down by the tsa you know and we have guantanamo we have you know the the war in iraq these things would not have happened if it hadn't been for osama bin laden so taking him out is a victory even if what he did has caused a fundamental change in the way we think of ourselves in the world. We, we now are now aware that we are no longer this invincible monolithic power that can't be hurt. You know, Al-Qaeda showed us that that wasn't the case and that you know, we need to be vigilant. Skype uh, message coming in from James. Uh, it is strange that a uh, really bad guy has been wiped out, and some people think his brand of terrorism is gone now. I, but I get the feeling that it's still going to be around. As you said, he's just a figurehead, and Obama has just scratched the surface, I think. Yeah, um, but I think it's an important victory. And I, th you know, I, I don't want to down, downgrade Al-Qaeda. I don't want to dismiss Al-Qaeda as as being ineffectual because they you know they keep a very you know they keep a very hard line to the stuff they do and i i suspect that we'll still be hearing about al-qaeda though i bet i'm in al-zawahiri i bet he is shaking in his boots right now because i doubt that his situation is any any more secure than than osama bin laden's and i think he's next i think he's the the one that they'll be going after next so kind of, you know, mixed feelings, like I said, you know, I, I, I hate to I hate to, to see anybody be killed like that. But at the same time, he was a bad guy. And, you know, a lot of people, including myself, think that you know, we're probably better off without him. You know, it's kind of kind of how I felt about Saddam. It's like he wasn't a great guy, but, you know, did they really need to take him out the way they did? Couldn't they have captured him, et cetera, et cetera. And there will always be questions about that. There will always be questions. The, the conspiracy theorists have gone crazy about this. Now, it's really kind of funny. It's really kind of amusing. And I mean, I mean really amusing to watch the two factions of the conspiracy theorists go at it. Because there's one school of thought that says that Osama's still not dead, that, that this was a you know, fake operation, that he, he's still alive. And then you have the other side of the conspiracy theorists who claim that he was, he's been dead for years and years and years. And just watching the two, obviously, who, who they, they believe themselves to be far more intelligent than anybody else out there because only they know the truth. That's sort of the way conspiracy theorists think. Only they know the truth. And everybody else is you know, a sheep. But it's funny to, to hear them on one side saying, oh, yeah, he's been dead for 10 years, and the other ones are saying, oh, yeah, he's still alive. 
<laughs> yeah, I think we ought to put them in a room and let them have it out because neither one of them has any evidence on their side. So it's kind of funny. Um, and uh, I and uh, I know uh, Patrick's out there listening, and and Patrick got to see me talking with uh, one of these conspiracy theorists the other day. You know, and I, I just say, Patrick, I I no longer feel obliged to be polite to people who are so deluded. You know, they you know especially these these um, these nine uh, eleven conspiracy theorists. Now, I have been hearing their crap for ten years. And if they think that I haven't watched their videos, they're they're crazy. I've I've watched all their videos. I've read the web pages. I'm familiar with the reasoning. I'm familiar with the things that they bring up. These are things that have been addressed. These are things that have been debunked. In a lot of cases, and most of the time, not, not all the time, most of the time, the conspiracy theorists are just spouting out talking points. They don't have any evidence to back themselves up. All they have is, is a video to link to or a web page to go to, the forums to go to. I have joined a bunch of these conspiracy theory forums about a year ago, back when I was doing research on conspiracy theories for Plain Dudes Radio. And and I didn't I I don't go to them now. I, I don't really hang out at those those places because the, those places are full of deluded people. And it doesn't matter what the conspiracy theory is. A lot of these people just sort of uncritically grab onto it. They 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 pick their favorite. You know, they they pick whatever one that, that they like the best, and they grab onto it and they stick to their guns. It's like this is this is my talking point. And the two that are really, really funny and, and the two that are most that are the most ridiculous are um, the, the people who say that, that, you know, the Twin Towers were taken down demolition style. You can watch the video and see that that's not true. I mean, nobody dem- demolishes a building from the middle down. <laughs> nobody does that. That's that's yeah, you can look at the video and see that's just flat out false. But yet that argument comes up again and again and again. Funny, funny stuff. But uh, the, it's funny that the, um, the, the you have these opposing factions of conspiracy theorists talking about Osama bin Laden and just watching this conversation that's not happening. It's become really an article of faith you know, for them. And that, that they, they have to believe in their own particular delusion. And anybody who challenges their delusion is automatically pegged as a shill for whoever, the international Jewish conspiracy or you know, the New World Order or you know, you're just one of those sheep. You know? And I have to say, I've, I've watched a lot of these videos and I have seen the same stuff that they've seen. But anytime you're dealing with people who are taking the world so seriously from anonymous sources and all these things come from anonymous sources who we're expected to believe are still reliable even though we don't know who they are isn't this the sort of thing that they're complaining about isn't this exactly what they talk about you know that oh well you know well that's what they say 
<laughs> but we know the truth, and we're the only ones who know the truth. And that's what, what it sticks in my craw, kind of. So at this point, and when I'm dealing with these people, I'm not going to pull my punches with them. You know, it's not, I don't feel the need to be polite to them anymore if they're just going to repeat their talking point that they're never going to be convinced of otherwise. They're never going to, to abandon this. They've had 10 years to provide evidence to support their conspiracy theories. 10 years. If they can't provide convincing evidence in 10 years, then they're never going to. And that's kind of what my point is. And I, I guess I'll still, you know, I'll still kind of keep up with the conspiracy theory du jour. But I don't feel the need to give it any respect anymore. Because they don't have the goods. If they had the goods, they would have provided it a long time ago. Bob, I don't know, is saying, I haven't seen much in the news about celebrations in England over Osama's death, so it came to me as a big surprise when the Americans did, uh, because we are so used to terror threats after so many years of the IRA. Um, I have to say, I haven't seen any celebrations here, but I also don't have television. I know that I know that there were people who were yelling and celebrating and stuff in Washington, uh, probably in New York as well. And those are the, the communities that got hit really hard by by the 9-11 attacks. I kind of understand. Would I have participated in one of those? No, I wouldn't have. I, I can say that pretty qualified, you know, pretty, pretty definitely I would not have uh, participated in one of these celebrations because I, you know, this is, it's good news, but it's not, you know, I don't think it's worth going in the street and shouting about. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with our lives. We have a we have enough important stuff to to concentrate on that we don't need to revel in somebody's death. That's kind of how how I look at it. Okay, now he's dead. Let's move on. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh, Bob, I don't know, saying uh, you're saying that you believe the government because they told you he was dead. Well, I think that there are times when, you know, this is this is part of the whole argument. This is part of the whole conspiracy theory argument. Conspiracy theorists want you to believe that just because the government is not always honest. And, and I readily admit that the government's not always honest with us. But that also doesn't mean that the government always lies. It doesn't, you know, and I think that you have to, to understand that, you know, the, the governments are not individual people. You know, the, the, there's a lot of people involved in running government, and you have to have a unified message, blah, 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 blah. You can't have people from all over the government saying different things because that's confused. They have to have a united position as the government. You have to have a united position. So it is it is odd, you know, um, I'm not saying that the government always tells the truth because I know that that's not true. I think anybody with half a brain knows that's not true. But I also don't believe that the government always lies. And and that's kind of my point. Uh, Patrick is saying it's funny, like people like Alex Jones and David, it's, it's, it's Ike, right? David Ike use conspiracy theories as a way to make money. And the people who think they're so clever are paying their mortgages. Yes, 
Exactly, Patrick. You're exactly right. Oh, it's funny. Um, you know, David, David Icke has gone really off the wall now. He's now saying that the moon is an artificial construct and is controlling our thoughts. Yeah, I've never taken him very seriously to begin with, I'll be quite honest with you. But now he seems to have really gone off the deep end. (laughs) You know, and this is the difference between being a cynical moneymaker, which I think Alex Jones is probably a cynical moneymaker. I don't know that he believes half the stuff that he talks about. I don't know. You know, I don't listen to the guy's show. Um, I know that... um, I know that uh, Pete's parents listen to Alex Jones and people like Alex Jones, but um, I can't, I can only listen for a short time before just starting to laugh. You know, it's like comedy. I've got better stuff to listen to. Um, Basil Butler is here. Hello, Basil. Um, and uh, he got in, he's telling me he got in too late to listening and uh, he's going to listen to the podcast. Oh, the, good, good, good on you, Basil. I miss your show. Uh, I wish we'd get more than four a year. Bob, I don't know, saying uh, freedom of speech is one thing, but that not David Ike should have been locked up years ago. <laughs> well, I think he's on his way, uh, not not to prison. I think he's on his way to being institutionalized. The guy's just nuts. Um, it's funny, you know, you get the, the it's, and I've talked about this on my uh, conspiracy theory show, and I got to watch the clock here because I've only got three minutes left. Um, where you have when you have a person who believes in one conspiracy theory it's never just one conspiracy theory that they adhere to they usually can adhere to a bunch of them and that and david david ike you know his stuff the he's the one who kind of invented this whole idea of the new world order being reptile people you know that you have this this race of reptile people and the royal family are reptile people, and the Bush family are reptile people. Basically, anybody who he doesn't like are reptile people. And they control everything, and they have this human sacrifice thing going on. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hilarious stuff. I mean, it's, it's bad science fiction worthy of L. Ron Hubbard. I mean, if anybody ever has tried to read L. Ron Hubbard's sci-fi it's just as crazy as that shit. You know, it, it really is. Um, anyway, uh, it is getting close to the end of the show. Uh, Bob, Bob, I don't know, is saying, uh, ain't most of us going to be pissed off when he's proved right? Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> uh, James Bates is saying that these people remind me of the TV series The X-Files and the American government was hiding the truth about aliens. You just have to take it with a pinch of salt. I can see people cheering if they were affected by the terrorist attacks directly hope the road trip goes any case. any news on the job front well nothing i haven't started looking for a new job yet um but i am out of work now i have a lot of time to work on stuff and that's why i'm doing the road trip anyway i gotta go uh thanks for listening everybody this has been a great pleasure i will be back next week so i will talk to you all next week stay tuned uh, uh sean riches is not following me don't don't forget that he'll be on next week hopefully uh, but anyway time to go Cheers. Good night. Talk to you later.